0: American soccer fans, welcome to episode 97 of the Stars and Stripes FC podcast. Donald Wine here, manager of Stars and Stripes FC, your source for all things U.S. national teams, the players that comprise them, and everything else surrounding the game of soccer in America. We are, as we record on Wednesday, February 15th, 2023, it is the night before the start of the 2023 She Believes Cup, and the United States will be competing against three Really tough opponents in Canada, Japan, and Brazil. The first game is on Thursday, February 16th. That would be tomorrow if you're listening to this in real time. Against Canada in Exploria Stadium in Orlando. You also have a match against Japan on Sunday, February 19th. That will take place at Geodis Park in Nashville. The U.S. Women's National Team competing at the brand new Geodis Park for the very first time. And then finally... The return to Toyota Park in Frisco, Texas, where hopefully there will not be an ice storm on Wednesday, February 22nd, the United States Women's National Team will finish out the She Believes Cup against Brazil. There are three great teams, uh, two basically in the top 10 or three in the top 11, if you consider uh, these three teams and the United States who are clinging to the number one spot in the rankings. They still have it, but just a few points separate them from the rest of the pack. And this tournament is about getting ready for the Women's World Cup. this summer is also about establishing that dominance and letting people know that once again, the United States are the team to beat this summer. I want to go through the 24 player roster uh, that we have is really 23 players. But there uh, is an addition to this. Tierna Davison, who was out for most of 2022 due to an ACL injury is on the roster uh, or she's leased least with the team as she continues her recovery. She will not play in any of the games. She is just in camp for the training. So uh, while it's a 23 person roster, she is the 24th uh, person on this, on this team as they've been training in Orlando this week. But here is the roster that is eligible for inclusion in a match day uh, roster for the United States goalkeepers. You have Adriana French, Casey Murphy and Alyssa Nair. Those three We've, we've seen over the last few months. Defenders, elena Cook, Emily Fox, Crystal Dunn, Naomi Gurma, Sophia Huerta, Becky Sauerbrunn, and Emily Sonnet. Emily Sonnet returns to the team after missing uh, a few games with injury. She is also now with O.L. Reign. Remember, she was uh, traded to the O.L. Reign during the NWL draft last month. Midfielders, you have Lindsey Haran, Taylor Korniak, Rose Lavelle, Christy Mewis, Ashley Sanchez, and Andy Sullivan. We're going to talk a little bit about the midfielders later, uh, but know that for the Orlando match, Roosevelt picked up a knock in training at some point this week and was announced today that she will not play against Canada. They are hopeful that she will play against Japan and Brazil, but we are counting Rose out for the first game of She Cup. And then finally, the forwards. Ashley Hatch, Alex Morgan, Midge Purse, Megan Rapinoe, Trinity Rodman, Mallory Swanson, and Lynn Williams. Megan Rapinoe was out again January due to a ankle injury, and she is back in this camp and really looking like she's ready to go. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, Tiana Davison out uh, of the games, but she is training with the team. So 22 of the 23 players on this roster were with the team in the two January friendlies that we had in New Zealand. Mega Rapino, as I mentioned, she returns to the roster. Sophia Smith is fully healed from her foot injury that caused her to miss the January games. But she, in an effort to get back to full fitness, was relieved of duty, so to speak, and not included on this roster. So it's just a precautionary thing. As she gets back to full fitness, we should expect her in the next games in April, during that April window. Defender Haley Mace and Sam Coffey are the two players from the January roster that do not make the She Believes roster. So there's a look at your team. And again, it's basically the typical team that we've seen over the last few months, give or take a few players due to injury. And what it looks like is Vlad Kulianoski is basically down to a, a handful of players that he is considering for the final 23 players uh, that will make the roster that goes to New Zealand and Australia for the World Cup. You have some wiggle room in the sense that I think every team is still fighting with FIFA to try and get the roster number bumped up to 26 for the women's world cup, as they did for the men's world cup uh, last December, last November, December. But I don't expect that to happen. Why? Because it's FIFA. FIFA does not like bending the rules and they changed it because a lot of the men decided to, but they have not in the past uh, catered to the women and what their needs may have been. And I don't see how FIFA is going to change their ways now. I wish they would. I think 26 players make sense, especially given that the men had it for the World Cup last year. But it doesn't look like it's going to happen, despite every coach that's currently in the Women's World Cup begging for it and pleading for it. Uh, that's just how FIFA is rolling, and and it's unfortunate. But that means that 23 players will be the roster for the United States this summer, and there's probably realistically 28 to 30 that Vlaco's truly considering. He says it's 32. I don't know who the 32 players are. I think at this point it should be way more uh, because we haven't seen a lot of players, but at this point, it feels like if you're being left off rosters, you are not really in contention to make the final squad that does make the plane to Auckland and to Wellington. So this roster right here, again, Many of the same faces we've seen over the the last few months. They are going to take on a Canada team, which is in a bit of a turmoil. They are feuding with their federation over pay equity issues and also budget cuts that have affected their preparations this year for the Women's World Cup. You also have a very strong Japan team. They're always strong and a very strong Brazil team who has a ton of players that you may have heard of a ton of players that are in NWSL and they are looking to make a statement that they are supposed to be the big contenders for this summer's women's world cup title. This makes for a very intriguing, you know, set of games for uh, the, she believes for the, she believes cup. And I'm really looking forward to those. I will be in Nashville. Uh, I head down there tomorrow. I will also be in Frisco. Again, the first game is tomorrow night in Orlando at Explorer stadium and that one against Canada. We will tune in. I believe it is a seven o'clock start on the East Coast for that game. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to go back to last month because there's a couple of things about the midfielders that we need to look out for as we move forward in this She Believes Cup. So stick around. we're back and let's go back in time to just about 30 days ago or just under 30 days ago. The United States Women's National Team was in New Zealand for two friendlies against the Football Ferns. They won those handily 4-0 and 5-0, but it was it wasn't as strong as the scoreline may have indicated. There was obviously some great goals. Mallory Swanson had a brace in the first game with Alex Morgan and Lynn Williams also contributing with goals. In the 5-0 route in the second game, Ashley Hatch scored a goal. Roosevelt had a brace. Mallory Swanson again with her third goal of of the round and Taylor Korniak rounding out the scoring there. I think the issue that we need to focus on for the United States is the midfield because that has been the source of a lot of questions over the last few months, namely who is going to a help with the defense and also b help with the link play and create scoring opportunities towards the front. The issue that we have is that there is two mega holes from the 2019 team that fans are used to that are not going to be on this team. Julie Ertz, maybe the biggest hole we have in the midfield. She has not returned Uh, Since she was injured, then she gave birth uh, to uh, a kid and has been out for the better part of almost two years and it is unclear when she will return to the playing field. And at that point, you know, whether her career is over for the United States women's national team or if she's just done playing in general. But as of right now, she is enjoying life as a mom and is at some point she will decide on whether or not she wants to return to the field. The other really huge absence is Sam Mewis. And Sam Mewis got hurt last year and then sat out most of the year, uh, 2022, came back and actually had a reaggravation or a setback in her recovery. She had to have another surgery. And from what it sounded like, it sounded like she's not coming back to play soccer anytime soon with this injury. And so the two of those being out makes the hole that Julie Ertz created. Sam Muse's absence makes that a Grand Canyon. And it's it's been the biggest question for the United States women's national team. How do you replace what those two brought to the line? Because they were so unique in what they did bring to the line. There's no one who plays like Julie Arts. And everyone who has tried to kind of duplicate what she does has not fared well. And the first question is who's going to play the six. That is the role that Julie Ertz played. Sam Mewis did it at times when Julie Ertz was out, but who was going to occupy that role recently? Blacko and Danowski has decided to go with Taylor Korniak at the six. She's six two. She doesn't really play that position at all, uh, but she's trying to learn that position in an effort to maybe be that fill that void somewhat uh, that is created by the the absence of Ertz and Mewis. But let me go through something that I think is the, a little bit more important, and that is the con- contributions from the midfield on the scoring end. As we know, we've had a lot of scoring issues, uh, even though we had 4 nothing, 5 nothing for the women's national team. Last fall, goals came at a premium, and only a few players were scoring them. And it was very tough to watch our women's national team not really gel well up front and not really gel well between the midfield and the attacking players. And I just want to go through in 2022 the players who played in the midfield that had the midfield, you know, contributions or contributed the most to goal scoring. Roosevelt was far and away the best contributor to the women's national team in the midfield. She had 10 goal contributions in 2022. Ashley Sanchez, who didn't really start that much. She came off the bench a lot, but she contributed six. Andy Sullivan, Andy Sullivan, who was not included on some rosters, did not play in some game days, was not, didn't even dress on some game days. She had two goal contributions. Christy Mewis, not Sam Mewis, her sister, Christy. Christy was, you know, off the bench a lot in the in the midfield, and she scored or contributed to three goals in 2022. And then Lindsay Horan, had the most games appeared as the number 10. She started basically every game that she was on the roster for. She played in 14 games. She had 979 minutes played. That was the most games and minutes of anyone in the midfield. And it's not close. Lindsay Horan only had one goal contribution. And I say that because not necessarily to bash on Lindsay Horan, but it is saying something that the player who played the most and contributed the most and has the most ball, like most usage, on the field, the usage rate is high when it comes to, you know, the offense and defense going through Lindsay Horan. There was not a lot of goal contribution there. A lot of what she did did not end up with the ball in the back of the net. And oh. that's the big issue is that as we move forward, it still feels like when Lindsay Horan is on the field, that Vladka was training the offense to go through her. And that that creativity gets lost a bit. She, her, her scoring has certainly gone down, but also when she does miss that leaves a hole behind her that needs to be filled because she's not getting back. And honestly, part of it is due to the fact that she appears to be, you know, still nursing a knee injury that she's had what feels like for a better part of a year and a half. And it's clearly not enough to keep her out of the game, but it would certainly, it certainly feels like something that could be helped with rest and rest is not something she's getting because every time there is a window she is playing in almost every single game. She's playing almost every single minute. And I feel like there has to be a way for our midfield to generate creativity, creativity in the midfield, also possession and move the ball forward while also being able to backtrack on defense. And it seems like the other main, Players in the midfield, Roosevelt, Ashley Sanchez, Andy Sullivan, Christy Mewes. They've all figured that out and figured out how to contribute. And Roosevelt is, is the one piece that when she's on her game, there's nobody on the planet that can stop her. But we have to figure out how to get the ball at the feet of Roosevelt to make these plays, to get the ball, at the feet of Ashley Sanchez to make these plays, get the ball moving forward to a Trinity Rodman or Sophia Smith, Kristen press. When she comes back, even have a midge purse on the, on the wing, Sophia where it's on the wing crystal Dunn going down the left. There has to be ways to get the ball to feet of our players that can make the most happen with the ball at their feet. And it doesn't seem like that's the answer for Vlachlan Nazi. And that's, what's concerning. And that's what kind of the, the main focus should be for American fans. I think when we look at the, she believes cup is how does it work with Taylor Korniak kind of occupying the six? How does it work when it, Rose Lavelle obviously won't be available for the first game, but how does it work when there's an Ashley Sanchez involved or a, a Christy Mewis involved linking with Lindsey Horan to move the ball forward? Is there ways to get the ball to other players where Sophia Huerta can serve balls in? Mitch Purse can have dangerous runs. Crystal Dunn can serve balls in. How do you get the ball into positions where we can score? And then finally, with no Sophia Smith up top, who is going to provide the goal scoring? Alex Morgan has been doing it for club. And she did a couple for country, as I mentioned, she scored last month, but the goals have been fewer and far between for Alex Morgan. Lynn Williams is counted on for her work rate, She's, but she also can score. Mallory Swanson has picked up the slack so far in calendar year 2023. Can that continue? These are the questions that I have, and I think you as American fans should also have, and, and many more, obviously, about how this team continues to improve and get better as the rest of the world prepares to try and beat them. And this is a great test. Canada is a great team. Japan's a great team. Brazil might be the most dangerous team in the world. And I say that with a lot of respect for some of these other cl- other teams that have elevated their game over the last year. Brazil, some of their players are simply incredible and we need to watch out for them. But the United States Women's National Team is still the best team on the planet. They're still the team to beat. And if they play to their maximum ability, nobody can stop them. It's a question of whether they can do that. It all starts. This is just one more test on the road to New Zealand and to Australia. But this road is going to be a tough one over the next week. I'm looking forward so much to seeing this team play and seeing how they compete, because this is going to be you know two teams in every given match day that are going to compete. So let's see what happens when the dust settles but that will do it for episode 97 of the stars and stripes fc podcast thank you so much for listening we will be back very soon again i know you've heard this a couple times over the last few weeks but we are still in the process of figuring out the future of the show we are going to continue the show in some form we will have more information very very soon as you know a, a lot of things are going to be changing come march 1st so Uh, That is on me to get that information to you. We are waiting on some information from Vox Media and SB Nation. When we do have that and are able to make final decisions, we will come back on here and let you know. Also, we are in the midst of Black History Month. So continue to stick with Stars and Stripes FC as I bring you stories every single day of Black American history and Black world soccer history. Because again, Black history is American history. Black history is world history. And we will have another episode where we look at some of the American stories that over the years I've considered some of my favorites. If you have questions, topic suggestions, send them to SSFCpodcast at gmail.com. We can address them on a future show as we keep going forward into 2023. So that will do it for now. So until next time, take care.